Welcome to Branding BFF, a podcast for service businesses, creative professionals, and coaches. I'm your host, Lisa Spear. I'll be having authentic conversations with entrepreneurs and brand creators, so you can gain behind-the-scenes insights and inspiration to apply to your branded business. Please note, these are uncensored conversations with guests, so there's a chance they'll be adult language. Welcome, Jen. So glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. It's a pleasure. So I was talking you up last week when I was actually creating the trailer for podcast, Branding BFF. Uh, I've been talking about how you've got a strong voice and a strong brand, but I also know it's taken a little while to get there. So I thought you'd be the perfect person to come in and bring into our conversation about claiming authenticity. I love it. I would love to be that person. <laughs> I love being that person. So before we dive in, uh, if you could just share quickly who you are, your business name, and what you do. Yes. So my name is Jen Shaw, and my business name is The Bold Thing, B-O-L-D. Um, and I am a mindset coach, and I work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs and untapped entrepreneurs to support them in shifting their mindsets. So they get to transform their jobs, their businesses, their lives. Um, And for anyone out there who is wondering what an entrepreneur is, um, quick and dirty definition is basically an entrepreneur thinks very similarly to an entrepreneur. They're very visionary. Um, They might be more willing to take risks at work, but they do not want the risk of owning a business. They don't want that financial one. Um, so that's an entrepreneur in a nutshell. So maybe you just found out that you're one and you didn't know it. Perfect. Well, and as an entrepreneur, particularly new ones, it's actually easy to be swayed by other people's opinions. And it can be easy also to risk losing your own authentic voice as a business owner. So let's kind of dive into maybe the little messier end of things. Um, what are some missteps you've had along the way with authenticity in your brand? Yeah, that I, I love that we're talking about this because um, I think, you know, for me, missteps I've had is, in authenticity is I'm, I'm evolving fast and I have been since I started my business. And it's exciting when you're evolving fast, but you're also continuing to change things and need different things. And uh, patience has been something I have gotten to practice But um, some of my missteps have been trying to force things too fast, Mm -hmm. bringing in people before I'm actually ready to bring them in, simply because I look over at so-and-so who's also doing the same thing and, oh, they're doing that, so naturally I should be doing that too. And bring in people too early or not even knowing who the right people are. So can you give us some examples of the wrong people that you brought in. We don't name names here, but just in general. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, so I think the, the first thing that makes sense to share is, um, you know, my very first website, I created myself like a little WordPress blog and it got me through my first year or so in business. And then when I got a lot of corporate clients, I was like, I don't think this reflects what they're looking for. So I'm going to get some support. And, um, I was still kind of finding my voice at that time. And I think one of the things that I assumed, because I've always had a coach through this, I assumed anyone I worked with would be really honed in on supporting me and finding my voice. 
So I remember when I got to pick like templates for the website and stuff like that. Um, I picked out the ones that I resonated with, like I was asked to do. And I remember being told, well, that's actually too bold for you. You're more soft. You're more gentle. I don't really get that from you. And I didn't push back. I didn't say, well, hey, this is what I want. I went into the mode of, oh, well, I'm paying you all this money and you're the expert, so you know better than me. And so I'm just going to listen to you. And what ended up happening, and I'm so grateful it did because now I found you, Lisa, but it was only about a year after that I, I found you and had you rebuild everything. And, you know, for the listeners here, this isn't designed to promote me, but really why I picked you and this topic is because I know kind of the struggles you went through yeah. and how we even got to be working together. Right, right. So what was different about working with someone like me? And I'm going to say that there are other people you've hired since then who also are looking out for your best interest. Um, but what was, what was different between that first designer and us working together? Um, well, I, I think the biggest thing for me is um, because you're also a coach um, and, and we know that coaching is a tool to get you more connected to your authentic self, at least we hope. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you, you had me start uh, an inquiry, like right off the bat, where there were questions that I was answering and templates that I was filling out. So I was already getting more clarity on things that I didn't see even before you and I really sat down. And um, and it, there was more curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like really, you know, and I, I think um, I'm verbose. So when I did that first website, I didn't have anyone supporting me with the content. It was the image. And so I, I had novels on there practically. And I didn't have anyone saying, you got to stop here this is what you should be speaking more to. That's another time and another place. You know, and you were just like, Jen, there's not even a clear call to action. Like, what do you want people to do on this website? <laughs> so you, you were curious and you weren't afraid to point out what you really saw wasn't working. But what really supported me was you weren't attached to any agenda. You were, you were even like, you know, these are multiple ways we could go about this. This one would cost you this much. This one would do that. And you could wait. You don't have to do any of this right now. You have something in place already. Could it be better? Yes. But you, you actually don't need it. And, you know, I, I think it's very different when you're working with someone who's not trying to sell you on something, but they truly have your best interest at heart. So what are some other missteps that you've had with other resources? Yeah, so um, other missteps I've had, um, you know, that first story I shared, that the timing on the support was right. It wasn't the right support, though. Some of the other missteps for me have been misaligned timing. And an example of that is, um, gosh, just over a year ago, I decided that I had to have someone write a newsletter for me in, a social, in my social media because someone else was doing it. <laughs> um, and I didn't even stop to realize while I was doing it like Jen you actually love writing your newsletter. It's a way to really authentically connect with your audience. And you're actually a good writer. So why are you offloading things that you're good at and that you like doing? Um, so for me, that was just misaligned in every way, shape, and form. Um, 
you know, I, I started working with somebody else to help me with social media. And again, I just trusted that because they're the expert. <laughs> they are going to know if I'm a good fit. And this was a gal who's awesome gal, great, but she was brand new. And so she was literally going from supporting someone who had a massive following and massive content and didn't need the same things as me. And so it was misaligned that she couldn't actually um, deliver. And build you from the ground up. She, she couldn't deliver. She couldn't build me from the ground up. And um, and it, it wasn't really aligned with my brand either. And I remember, um, so for, for those of you listeners who tend to be analytical, you may know what that feels like when you kind of get stuck in your head and you just go around and you round and around and you just want someone to tell you what to do. Um, and that was when I, I met with you and I shared with you how frustrated I was and you were like, can I tell you something honestly? And I said, yeah. And you said, it's hurting your brand, not helping your brand. And it just, it freed up so much space. And I was like, that's exactly what's happening. But you know, because I didn't think I was the expert and I was in analysis paralysis, I just kind of let it go on. And, um, you know, I, I would like to say I've totally learned my lesson in that. But for me, I learn, I learn the more challenging way. Um, and, and I'm learning, I'm learning more and more because I, I just had another recent experience um, where I've been getting supported by someone who made these really lofty promises and the delivery on the promises is so under the bar. So what would you give, not to tell other people what to do, yeah. So, but really what tips would you give as people are trying to consider different resources to support them, whether it's their brand or their business? Yeah, so that, that's a great question. Um, so I think the first thing that I would say is um, really – stopping doing it because it's what everyone else is doing team looks different for every entrepreneur out there it looks vastly different there's going to be some overlap but if your reason of doing it is because other people are don't do it um and also i i know that it's important for me to hire someone who is truly an expert and now i know from what i've learned if they're truly an expert they're going to have some things in writing. Like, this is what we're going to do. There, there's going to be more structure mm -hmm. um, to guide me as someone who might not know that area. And I think the biggest thing that I look at now as a service-based provider, because I know that if I'm not fully supported, I cannot serve to anywhere near the level I'm capable of. And so anytime now that I'm getting ready to hire someone to provide a service for me, I actually want to know how are you supported? Um, who's, who's taking care of you? Because if they are not taking good care of themselves, if they're not getting support in their life and their business, I know that they're not going to show up for me and they're not going to deliver on what I'm expecting from them. So that's, that's become my new highest thing as a condition of satisfaction. Nice. And I have a list now and I keep adding to it. So that way, it's almost like an easy vetting, you know, like, does this person meet these? Yes, they do or no, they don't. And one thing that I found that I love is when we have that list, it's a really clear request. And I find that those people make their way to me without me having to look. And um, I'm also noticing that the resources that have worked out really well for me, they've come from strong referrals. 
and I'm reminded that nothing can really beat a strong referral. And if you're not going to get it, but you still see something in the person, do your due diligence and, and do some vetting. Um, cause just cause they're amazing doesn't mean they're amazing for you. Well, that's a perfect segue into talking a little bit about like the theme for today is claiming authenticity. Yes. So we kind of dabbled in it a little bit through the missteps, but what does claiming authenticity mean for your brand specifically? Yeah, I, I notice that the more I claim authenticity and I know for me and for most of us, this is a lifelong thing. Like we just get to continue being more and more authentic. Um, but what it means for me is being willing to be totally transparent in my business and say, hey, this is who I am. This is what makes me talented and gifted. This is what makes me able to do the same thing many other people are doing, but not the same at all. And I think most importantly, it is access to energy for me. Like there's passion. I'm proud. I want to share. I want to talk. I'm confident. And when that's not there, um, I notice a difference in the results I generate. It's, it's different. And so how do you build the trust in your own voice and your own vision these days? Mm, that's a good question. So building the trust in, in my voice, um, well, one, I had to get really comfortable in the uncomfortable knowing that when you are sharing things for your brand, it's an experiment. And it's about noticing what, what are people engaging with? What are they not? And if they're not engaging, it doesn't mean you suck. It doesn't mean you're fake or a phony. But it's, it's pointing to the fact that you're probably not truly being as authentic as you could be. Are you censoring yourself? Are you not wanting to make anyone mad? Are you, you know, whatever it is. But um, the more authentic I am, the more engagement there is. And the biggest thing for me, because a lot of people in my industry are like, you got to show up on the social media every day. You got to do this. You got to do that. And you know what? When I show up and I'm in the spirit to do it, there's massive results versus like, oh, I'm, I'm doing it because I'm supposed to. There's no authenticity there for me. Right. And that, that goes back to the comparison game, doing it because other people are doing it, doing it because you should do it. <laughs> and then the other thing I hear is a reference to what I call formulas. Like everyone's like, you have to do it this way, right? So that's a formula as opposed to a framework or a way access point to actually get in there and figure out what works for you, what's true for you. Uh, part of authenticity, too, is I heard that experimentation. Yeah. So sometimes you don't know what will work for you or what feels true for you until you actually get in there and play a little bit or try things or see what clicks for somebody else. Yeah. The other thing I heard you talk a little bit about was being afraid that people wouldn't like it or like you. Um, I really believe that strong brands are like magnets. You know, they're actually going to help you attract your ideal people, your ideal clients. But at the same time, if it's a strong brand, they really should also be repelling people. They should, people should be opting in and opting out. So how do you handle knowing some people won't be attracted to you and your brand? 
Yeah, um, I, I love that because I think, you know, um, you hear so much in entrepreneurship about the competition and the hustle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I, I really do best when I can stay present to the fact that there is truly enough resources for all of us humans on this planet. And the way I look at it is when it's truly about serving, I don't care how this person gets served. I would love it to be me. But if it's somebody else or another method, that's fine. And when I'm focused on service and I'm reminded that you know what, go in there ready to make the referral if it's not you. Give them away if they don't work for you. That helps me stay connected to the fact that it's not its not about me, it's about them. And if I'm not a good fit, that's okay. And when I believe that it's safe to let them go, I always get more back. And a, a fun example of this is I did a rediscovery call with a potential client last week. And um, she reached out and it was down to me and another coach by the skin of our teeth. And she hired the other person. And the coolest thing happened. This is the first time this has happened to me. And she said, but I got such a, a hit that you are the perfect coach for a friend of mine. And so she immediately made the connection right after the no. She made a connection. And I just got hired by this woman today to do some work together. And that wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have been willing to trust that she didn't pick me for a good reason and it wasn't actually personal. It just wasn't aligned for her. I celebrated that. And that's a real win-win. Yes. For sure. For all three of us now. Yes, all three of us. Yes. So tell me a little bit about when you're creating services, whether that's your coaching services, your speaking, your workshops – how do you create them so it's serving your clients, but also, quote, being on brand? Yeah, um, that's where I use you, Lisa. And I'm not sharing that, like, to try to sell you. I'm, I'm sharing it because, as I mentioned earlier, I'm by nature an analyzer. And when you have amazing, brilliant ideas, sometimes if your brain's wired a certain way, you can actually become overwhelmed by them and do nothing with them. And... Um, you know, I'll, I'll be going a mile a minute and sometimes like, you know, you'll sit me down and you're like, well, how does this even, how is this related to anything you're doing? And I'm like, oh, that's a good point. It's, it's not, you know, maybe this is a whole other business or another time. But um, I found for me that um, A, getting some support from someone who can reflect whether it's on brand or off is very helpful. Um, and I, I kind of go back and forth where sometimes when I'm really in that slowing down expansive space, I'll get some really great ideas, but I know that I then have to bring them to get judged. Um, or for certain things, um, I actually get the support to create them because, um, you know, and I'm going to share a little example of that. Um, before I got your help with any of that, I remember my first speaking gig was with um, a really big healthcare system here. <laughs> and my experience when I got done speaking was, oh, dear Lord, I fire hose these people. I have never spoken in this profession. Uh, it was my first year in business. And their eyes glazed over. I got the feedback that the, the message that I gave was, quit your job if you're not happy. <laughs> and that's not what I don't think they hired me to tell people. And so one of the biggest supports that I found in creating with someone else's, I know how to deliver at a pace people can handle. And that is so important. 
Yeah. And I think that's um, part of it from my perspective, and this is why I love these kind of conversations, is, you know, there's your perspective as an entrepreneur and there's my perspective as a branding person. And one of the things that I remember that we've talked about at different points is how does this align with the bigger vision, the bigger picture? So it's not ever my, so my goal as a professional is actually to bring out what's authentic for you, not to ever tell somebody that's not you (laughs) like that designer, right? Because, you know, you know, your brand and your business better than anybody. My job is just to help bring it out to its fullest. But, you know, there's times where if you've got a creative brain, like you talked about, you get tons of ideas and it's easy to lose track of, well, what what's my goal for this year? Yeah. Like we've even talked about that, right? Like yep. what's the bigger goal for your brand and your business for the year? Like we've moved past the the building foundation piece. We're in that like, yep. let's grow this thing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but I think that, um, you know, when I think too about being on brand for something like a service or speaking or workshops, any of those things, I always think about, what's the language style? What's the, what's the type of naming that we're using? What's the kind of service? How does it really tie to the bigger picture? And I think one thing that we haven't really talked about, you talked about kind of stilling your mind and kind of going inward a little bit is your training as a yoga Mm -hmm. instructor. Um, So how does that actually inform some of the kind of offerings you do? Yeah. Um, well, you know, as always, I'm just looking how I can keep serving in multiple ways, um, you know, because there's billions of us out there and we all want it the way we want it. So um, how it, it impacts that is, um, you know, I know for me that I need to do certain things to actually be able to open up the creativity, to be able to actually get the answers. So as uh, as a trained yoga teacher, um that's affecting my offerings because, you know, I get to bring an element to coaching that maybe not all coaches can. You know, um, through our work together, we've created some pretty unique hybrids where we're doing coaching and yoga actually in the same breath. Um, and I, I think it's it's taking two skill sets and letting them really play on each other and complement each other. And it for me it really brings in that level of authenticity because um, it would be a missing if I had a brand that didn't involve what I do as a yoga teacher at all. It would be a total missing. You know, it just made me think about that one time when you developed the bold practice for the busy brain mm-hmm. and how I was just listening for your description of this thing you wanted to be creating and offering. And you were like, yeah, it's like this bold practice for a busy brain. And I'm like, ding, ding, ding. That's the name. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, like it came out of things you were saying truly in just your general speaking and description. And how oftentimes with branding, sometimes people try too hard. They get too tricky. They try to actually overcomplicate things. But using your own language and tapping into the way you frame things up for people can be a really great way to keep something on brand as opposed to trying too hard and trying to come up and be so clever. And what I love about that is when you're capturing it from from speaking, 
I mean, that's authentic because you're, you're witnessing someone's creative flow. And if that's just how they're flowing, you know, a conscious flow, um, it's going to be easier to stay on brand and be authentic <laughs> if it actually comes from there. Well, it's also why when I – one thing I notice a lot with websites is people don't think about who's reading the website when they're writing copy. So as much as it's speaking the way that things come to you that resonate and click for your prospective clients or your clients, on your website, it's also thinking about what language do they understand? So, you know, when we were, we both went through the same coach training program, different times in different cities, but I remember one of the things that we were trained in is like no jargon. (laughs) However, still as new coaches, it's such an easy thing to use language that, you know, like, oh, reach your goals, maximize your potential. But for the layperson who might be thinking about hiring you, doesn't say anything to them at all. It just sounds like blah, 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 or jargon or empty promises. Yep. And so I think one of the things, particularly for coaches, is really getting into what is going to connect with the person you're trying to talk to. Like, actually talk to them. Yeah. I I love that because I'll tell you one of the biggest things that I really had to be willing to put down when it comes to content copy, social media copy, I really believed strongly that my delivery was the right way. And I was really sold on sticking with that for a while. But um, when you're not using words that land with people, I believe you're disconnecting them from your brand. You're making them feel like they don't fit. And when it's all about those fancy words, at the end of the day, they're probably like, well, what is that? Why, why would I hire you again? Tell, tell me that. What, what does that mean? What does that mean for me? Do I have to be fancy to work with you? <laughs> That's where it just came to me. I think it's like authenticity is a two-way street. It's yeah. using your words, but also speaking in a way that will authentically connect for them. Yeah. And you know what? It, Right when you said that, it made me think of how I continue to get more authentic with myself, my brand, my business, that the right people just find me. And the way that it's going as I get more authentic, you know, when I started and I didn't really know who I was, I just knew I was hungry to help people. Um, it, it required a lot more to really en- enroll them with working with me into seeing what was possible. But now it it requires such a different level. Like sometimes it's like 15 minutes. Like, oh, I, I could clearly see from everything you're sharing and the way in your style. I, I already know. I just wanted a few minutes of your time to confirm that. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, so now I actually have to make sure I'm not putting roadblocks in the way <laughs> to having them work with me because it's happening so much easier than it ever has before. Well, that actually really leads me to my last question today, um, because I do talk about how authenticity is an accelerator in business and life. I feel like you've already started to answer that question, but uh, (laughs) what what are some examples that you can share, maybe some tangible examples of how authenticity has acted as an accelerator for you? Yeah, Mm, I love that. Well, authenticity has acted as an accelerator for me because I believe that when you're truly being authentic, you have much more energy. And when you have energy, that's creative fuel, right? 
Yes. Um, so for me, it's as someone who um, can get overwhelmed easier maybe than other people, um, you can wear yourself out with being overwhelmed. So it accelerates energy for me. Um, and when I have more energy, I want to create more. And, you know, just, just getting more authentic and having more services at different price points at different lengths of time for this person over here or that person over here, um, it, it just makes being in business easier, you know, because I think at the end of the day, all, all any of us want is really to serve and to get past that fear of, am I going to have enough money to eat? Am I going to go out of business? Oh, I missed that salaried paycheck. Um, and so the more I have, and, and this is the thing for me, it's not about offering different packages, different price points, different time commitments, because I am in a scarcity context. It's because that's authentic for me to serve. It's to keep meeting more and more people where they're at in ways that I enjoy doing it. Right. What I hear is it's the opposite of, you know, just throwing a bunch of spaghetti up on the wall and seeing what sticks. It's realizing over working with people over the years that you've actually developed more and more ways of serving them that are what they need. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody has a different need. So whether it's your, you know, one hour deep dive or whether it's like a six month coaching package, you've got something for people. Yeah. And yeah. And, you know, I've, I've just found that people seem to be feeling seen. People seem to be feeling heard. And, and as long as it's in a way that's authentic for us, we're good. And the reason why I say that is when I started, I did try to throw spaghetti at the wall just to get clients, just to get money, just to know that I wasn't going to starve to death after quickly quitting my job. And (laughs) Because it wasn't authentic, it didn't generate anything, and it was tiring. And then the stuff that was sticking to the wall, I didn't know why. I didn't know what was making it stick. I didn't know how to keep making it stick. Yeah. And it, it was exhausting. It was expensive. And talk about a way to get overwhelmed when you don't want to be overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny how what just came to mind is, you know, authenticity being an accelerator, it can speed things up, but sometimes you actually have to slow down to get clear and to figure out what is going to be the ways in which you'll best serve people, whether it's the types of clients you're working with, or it's the type of services you're offering. Like, again, like just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean it's actually going to be the right recipe for you. Yeah. And that's where that whole, I I love to say this, but really for me, it's frameworks, not formulas. What's the framework in which will help you discover or reconnect with the things that are true for you versus a formula to get there? Yeah. Yeah. And I I think, because if you're following someone else's formula, how is that authentic? It's their formula and it likely isn't going to work for you. Right. But it's working crazily well for them, but they most likely created it themselves or they took it from someone and made it their own. It's authentic for them, which is why it's working. Yeah. Well, I love this conversation. I know we could probably talk for another half an hour, but I've committed to keeping these conversations around 30 minutes. And I think we're kind of right on track here. So thank you, Jen, so much. I mean, the bold thing for sure. Like this is what you bring to people. I think people can even hear in the way you talk 
that you're bringing a level of boldness, a level of courage, but a really also a huge level of heart to conversations with people and the work you're doing. So thank you for sharing your time. Thank you for sharing your energy. Um, this has been a pleasure talking to you. Yes, you are so welcome. It's an honor to be the first guest. I feel so special. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Lisa. Thanks for joining the Branding BFF crew. Subscribe to stay connected to more behind-the-scenes conversations with entrepreneurs and brand creators. This show is brought to you by Spear Creative Edge, a strategic branding business. We help service businesses, creative professionals, and coaches with authentic branding so you can connect with your ideal clients more quickly. Learn more at spearcreativeedge.com.